What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Sideline Stories. Today, we are here with Hannah Valente. How are you doing today, Hannah? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Can you just start with a quick background for who you are? Absolutely. So my name is Hannah. I'm going into my third year at Elon University School of Law in North Carolina. I'm a proud Providence College graduate. And at Providence, I was a four-year manager for the men's basketball team. And I'm from Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, born and raised fifth generation. Awesome. A lot of Jersey family that goes back. Can you talk about a highlight from your sports career growing up? Definitely. So unfortunately, I didn't have a stellar sports career growing up, but I definitely had the most heart, I would say. So one of the proudest moments of my basketball career was my freshman year of um, high school. I went to high school in New York City and I played JV basketball. Um, and prior to me joining the basketball team in grammar school in fifth through eighth grade, I was a cheerleader. So I really had virtually no basketball experience, but scoring my first point um, during one of our first JV games had to be like the highlight of my basketball career and one of the proudest moments my parents were there my whole team was like shocked um, and basically like the only reason I even made the JV team was because of my height a and I love to play defense um, so my short-lived career in basketball um, that was definitely the highlight that's awesome and it sounds playing good defense scoring minimal points sounds a lot like my my high school career as well um <laughs> And then you said you were a four-year manager for the men's basketball team at Providence College. What's What was either your favorite part or a highlight that sticks out about that experience? Well, every year was de definitely different, um, depending on if the team was winning or losing, if we made it, um, how, how well we did in the Big East tournament, how well we did in the NCAA tournament. Um, but without a doubt, my favorite year was my senior year. And throughout my four years, um, I began to get closer with the coaches and the players. Um, and I really, really, really like you could see in the highlight reels, just there's so much emotion just watching like your friends like do so well. Um, but the highlight was my senior night um, and all the other senior nights where we um, won the game. We had a special presentation on the court and it was unfortunately 2020 right before it was March 5th. So right before the wow. world shut down. Um, but just to have those experiences with the senior players that I was so close with, with the two other senior managers that I was so close with and to win that game and then to have this incredible momentum. There was not a doubt in our mind. At that point, we were on 11 game win streak. There was not a doubt in my mind that we were obviously going to make the NCAA tournament. We're going to hear our names called the next week. Um, but but there's not a doubt in anyone's mind that there wasn't a single team in college basketball that Providence couldn't beat. And it was just the greatest feeling in the world. And like, I truly felt like on top of the world to be part of that team mm -hmm. and then to have the world shut down and then the NCAA tournament get canceled and the Big East tournament get canceled and obviously school getting canceled and so right, on. Right. Um, it was like being on top of the world and then having everything crumble. But I still look back at that, like that point um, during the 2020 season, the, the Friars were the best team in college basketball and to be part of that and to be on the road for every trip was truly an experience that I'll never forget. And we'll always wonder like all the other Providence fans, um, what could have happened if we were able to, play in the Big East tournament, we were able to play in that um, March Madness that year. And I'm sure all college fans can relate, but that mm -hmm. senior season um, with those senior guys was a really, really special bond that we'll always have. Yeah, that sounds like, well, first of all, I would say that I, I respect you for out of a, kind of a negative final outcome, still being able to take so much positive 
um, you know, positivity out of that experience. So that's, that's really awesome. And yeah, that was a tough time for, like you said, all college athletics fans, but especially when, you know, the team was doing really, really well that year. Um, and then now you're at Elon law, what's been your favorite part about going back to school, um, in North Carolina as a law student? So my favorite part about Elon is the encouragement that I've gotten from the faculty, from my fellow classmates, from the career staff, and from Elon alumni. Um, I came into law school knowing that I wanted to be a sports agent, knowing that I wanted to specialize in sports law. And at first, I was a little worried about going to school in North Carolina, going to school in the South, when I knew ultimately I wanted to end up working in New York, working um, potentially in New Jersey, but I knew I wanted to be in the New York area. So I initially went into it with not the best attitude, um, with the intention of probably transferring to a local um, school. But the support that I got in this field, that's not a traditional law field. And I think it's becoming more and more popular. Um, and I think it will see in the next couple of years, it's going to become more and more popular. But the support that I've received um, it's truly been unmatched from the alumni in particular. There's two sports agents um, who are NFL agents that are Elon alum, and they really have been with me every step of the way um, and just kind of have given me counsel and advice and the support staff um, through the Elon career services have gone out of their way um, to help me and especially not just introduce me to people, but making sure I have contacts in New York um, and my fellow classmates have been so encouraging um, and it's been really awesome to just talk to, as I've been certified, I've been to talk to other law students around the country who have similar interests um, and just to see like my experience as something that they can model or something that they could do differently um, is really truly been special. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to send this to the uh, Elon Law admission, <laughs> admissions team because if they knew you were you were planning on transferring, but you just couldn't after all the all the great support. Um, no, but seriously, that sounds like a, a really good experience. You mentioned that at just 23 years old, you became one of the youngest certified NBA, WNBA, and FIBA agents. Can you talk about some of the greatest challenges and rewards from working as an agent? Yeah, so I think just going back to the process of being certified, um, I knew that it was going to be a pretty difficult task, obviously having a full-time um, law schedule and being involved in extracurriculars and so on and trying to maintain a healthy social life and a healthy well-being. Um, so I knew that like wanting to take this exam, wanting to be certified in law school um, wasn't going to be easy, but it was something that I knew that I wanted to do. And if I didn't ultimately pass on the first try, I wanted to have that cushion that I didn't have to wait um, two years to be certified because Elon graduates take the bar in February and the NBPA exam is in February. Um, so just learning the, the entire CBA was definitely um, very difficult, but having like the legal knowledge that I have now, um, it really wasn't as overwhelming as I think it could have been if you didn't like look at it through the legal lens. Um, and just like reading it in general, like I never really felt overwhelmed by the wording. I think just the sheer amount of bylaws and different things mm -hmm. that you need to learn. And I would compare like learning the NBPA CBA to learning a new language because there's just so much, um, there's so many intricacies that you wouldn't necessarily know just as an NBA fan or just as a sports fan in general. So mm -hmm. to be able to kind of learn um, what exactly an agent does and how the agent needs to be familiar with the CBA 
um, was definitely the biggest challenge, but luckily I passed the exam. And then my next step naturally um, for me was to get certified with FIBA so I could represent international players because that's where the majority of Providence players um, will end up overseas. And then mm -hmm. being a woman in the industry, it was extremely important for me to also be certified with a W. So having those three certifications um, under my belt still in school, I thought it was would put myself in the best position when I graduate um, to get the best job. So that's how mm -hmm. I went about it. And then in the past couple of months, I've just been really reaching out to people who are either current agents or want to be agents and just building that network um, kind mm -hmm. of from the ground up. Awesome. And kind of switching sides over to the NIL um, conversation. I know that you have had some, some involvement in the NIL and I, I just wanted to ask you, just because we just passed the one-year anniversary of NIL, and from your perspective, what were some of the takeaways from year one, um, major wins, major losses, and where do you see the future of NIL heading? I think that the sky is truly the limit with NIL. Until there's federal legislation, there's no stopping um, what these mega companies can offer students. And there's also no stopping what one school um, is going to offer an athlete with the transfer portal as it is now. There's obviously going to be bigger schools that have the resources that have the alumni collectives. Um, it's just going to be a completely different landscape as like this year progresses academically. Um, but the biggest takeaway and the greatest thing that I'm um, excited for is seeing all of the female athletes at all sports, um, in particular volleyball, women's basketball, women's gymnastics. Um, there's such power to the social media athlete um, as it's referred to. And a lot of times these female athletes have great followings on TikTok, on Instagram, and mm -hmm. they're able to have NIL deals with fashion companies, with makeup companies, where it's mm -hmm. not, they have so much more of a space than male athletes do. Um, so it's really an opportunity to showcase themselves, not just on the sporting end. And obviously, as we know, like the female representation in the media um, just isn't even close to equal. So the fact that there's this forum for female athletes to broadcast themselves and their personality, um, I think is really promising for the future of women's sports. And it's something that I'm really, really proud of. And I think is only going to expand um, forward. A lot of the NIL conversations focus on men's football and men's basketball, because that's mm -hmm. where the most money is. But when you like look at it from a, a 10,000 feet view, really the female athletes with the greatest social media followings are the ones that are benefiting the most and are going to continue to benefit the most um, with NIL opportunities. So I think that that's great progress um, and something that I think we're going to continue to see. And I truly don't think that there's going to be federal legislation anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I really think the sky's the limit and in particular um, really promising for female athletics. You know, that's, that's a really interesting point because a lot of people approach NIL from a lot of different angles and they think about from the student athlete angle, from the coach's angle, from the agent angle, from the fan who's just trying to enjoy college sports. How is it affecting, you know, everyone involved? But I never had really considered how NIL and especially, like you said, the, the female social media athlete, how the NIL could almost act as leveling the playing field as far as representation and media as far as just making money off of nil deals so that's something that I, I really appreciate you you kind of bringing to the forefront and one question i want to ask you is that 
how does it feel and what does it mean not just to be an advocate for women in sports but but you're you're a female agent in what i would consider a male dominated industry you know most agents i would i would assume are males so how does that you know do you draw inspiration from these female athletes that are going through the nil process how how does it feel to know that in addition to female athletes you know changing the game and leveling the playing field through nil you're also changing the game and leveling the playing field from the agent perspective. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think that my experience starting to work um, in men's sports my freshman year of college, I learned early on that if you wanted to work in this industry and you want to be taken seriously, you just need to know what you're talking about. So obviously I was a little scared, like 18 year old girl going to these practices every day. Like I said before, I'm not even a good basketball player at all. Um, and to have these interactions with the coaches and the coaching staff, um, there was never a point where I ever felt less than for being a female manager. It was the complete opposite experience. Mm -hmm. It was only when we were at outside competitions and different games and stuff where the security staff would be like, oh, are you a cheerleader um, or stuff like that, like comments like that. And mm -hmm. if a coach heard that, they'd be like, no, like she's our manager. Um, and, and just not that that ever like got to me, but I think that the past, I would say five years, we've seen such a rise in female um, representation in athletics mm -hmm. at all levels. And I think that wanting, like deciding pretty early on my freshman year of college that I wanted to be a sports agent, there was already a network of women, um, Kim Miele, Saquon Barkley's agent, she's a Providence grad, she's an NFL agent. So I was able to connect with her at Providence my sophomore year. So to have kind of her being like someone I look up to already, Doris Burke, another obviously um, NBA legend. She's another mm -hmm. Providence grad. Um, so it's not like I was entering an industry where it was unheard of for females to be agents. Mm -hmm. It was just less common. Um, mm -hmm. So in the past two years, I've kind of just researched and connected and reached out and like listened to the stories of female NBA agents, female NFL agents, female FIBA mm -hmm. agents, and have just tried to kind of model um, what they've done. So I think it's extremely important um, for women in this industry and especially younger women to pay it forward in any opportunity that they get because that's going to be the future of sports but i think it's also a really awesome time to be involved in professional sports men and women because mm -hmm. i think that a lot of teams and we've seen this the past um couple of weeks a lot of teams professional sports teams nfl included are elevating women and putting women in power positions that they've never been in before mm -hmm. so yes traditionally the agent business um, is a boys club, but I've never really felt uncomfortable or intimidated being the only woman in the room. And the reason that is, is because I've had so many experiences at Providence and being a mm -hmm. manager where that's just typical. Um, so I'm fortunate to have that experience where my voice is not only heard, but my voice is encouraged. And that's just what I hope um, the future will look like. I think we obviously have a tremendous amount of progress to go but all the women that I've talked to and all of the men that I've talked to have been so encouraging. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the only way we're going to get equality is if we have obviously women empowering another, but also we need to have the male um, males in the room getting on board. Um, and that I, in my experience, I've only had that. And I believe that that's how it's going to be um, going forward. We just need more, more women who want to be in this industry. Um, mm -hmm. And then we'll kind of try to see the levels 
um, obviously even out as the, as time goes on. Yeah, that I think that's really powerful. And a few things that you said resonated with me, but I guess one of them that I, I would take away is, you know, you were saying when you were at Providence, you looked up to Saquon Barkley's agent and Doris Burke went to Providence College. Yes. Great. So, so some of the, I guess, trailblazers for, for, you know, women in sports. Um, and I think that, you know, paying it forward and that, you know, females lifting up females, but also calling on, you know, male athletes and males in the industry also to talk about it, to have the dialogue, have the discussion. I think both of those are very, very important. Um, but I also think that it's, it's something like you never know, you know, the influence you're going to have on someone. So someone a few years in, from now, they're going to see you in a, in a position of, you know, as an agent and making moves in the agency space. And I'm sure you're going to inspire a lot of younger women who don't know if they can get in the, in the field or not. As we kind of wrap up here, who do you look up to the most and who are some of your biggest inspirations? I would say that the person I look up to the most is my dad. Obviously everyone wants to have parents that support them and encourage them to do whatever they want to do. But my, my, both my mom and my dad, but especially my dad have truly embraced that and gone above and beyond no matter what I said I wanted to be when I want, when I was growing up, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, but it was, I wanted to be an environmental attorney. I wanted to work um, for the church. I wanted to do so many different things. My parents mm -hmm. just went above and beyond um, and got these insane opportunities and pushed me in different directions um, and really just set the bar. And I mean, my, I literally joke that my dad is like my unofficial manager because there's not anything um, that I do that I don't like check in with him. And kind of, I say, he's my manager for everything. He's my momager, my dadager. Um, mm -hmm. But everything that I do is inspired by him. He's, he works in public health um, and has made such an, an impact um, with different legislation for drug control um, in, the in the United States and primarily in New Jersey. So mm -hmm. seeing just the impact that one person can have, the impact that my dad's had on public health um, with the opioid epidemic really has inspired me to kind of just be like one person can change the world as cliche mm -hmm. as that sounds. Mm -hmm. um, and just having such an incredible role model obviously so close to home. Um, yeah. He's just been an incredible role model and mentor to me. You can feel free to let us know however much you want to, to let us know, but what's next for you? So what's next for me on the horizon is obviously graduating in December, sitting for the bar um, in New York or New Jersey, TBD in February. But I do want to get involved with as soon as possible with NIL opportunities. Um, and in particular, my sister is going to be a freshman on the track team at High Point. So I'm representing her with a couple deals. And I intend to work with Providence men and women's basketball players on different NIL opportunities. Um, the Providence Alumni Network is incredible. And the Providence fan base is incredible. Um, and I would just want to tap into that incredible energy that the Providence mm -hmm. fans bring and translate that over to NIL opportunities, both locally to Providence, greater New England area, um, and nationally, because Providence had such great momentum last season, making it to the Elite Eight, just building on that um, and jumping in and kind of getting back to the Rhode Island roots um, and trying to see where I could fit in with NIL opportunities. But after I graduate and take the bar, I intend to work um, for a sports agency, not entirely sure where that's going to be. I'm open to moving mm -hmm. wherever the job takes me, um, but I'm looking forward to jumping in as soon as possible um, and working with 
hopefully clients that I know, but clients I'm going to meet um, down the line and mm -hmm. just starting to jump in, obviously. Um, I think I'll have a unique perspective as you will um, as well. Having a law degree, um, I think that that'll be such a tremendous asset, negotiating contracts down the line, um, helping mm -hmm. players with NIL opportunities. I think that this combination of the law degree and sports law, um, I think is so interesting. And there's so many intricacies that normal lawyers wouldn't understand unless you specialize um, in this great field. Definitely. And we are very excited to see where you go next on your journey. We'll definitely be watching out to see what you accomplish next on the horizon, like you said. Um, at this time, Hannah, we just want to say thank you very much for joining us. If there's anything else you'd like to add, any shout outs or where people can follow you along on your journey, the floor is yours. Thank you so much for having me and shout out to your platform platform that you've created. Um, it's been so great to connect with you these past this past year um, and see everything that you're doing. And like we talked about and the whole overall message um, is just like this younger generation of sports law students and sports um, fans and agents in general. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this our generation in particular um, is so keen on helping one another and building each other up. And I think mm -hmm. that just building up the momentum that you've created and the platform that you've created um, has been great. And it's been great to connect um, with you and other law students and um, sports fans throughout this year. Um, obviously, shout out to my parents. Thanks for everything. And my sisters. Um, it's going to be great working with my sister um, with NIL opportunities. We've already got some things in the works. Happy to announce that. And I'm just excited, obviously, to jump in. But I'm also excited to see everyone around me who's in this industry um, what they're doing in the sports world. And I'm excited mm -hmm. to see what the future holds, um, primarily for women in sports. Mm -hmm. And where can people find you to follow along to see all the progress you're making? You can add me on LinkedIn, just Hannah Valenti on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, I think they're all Hannah Valenti. Um, I'm really active. I'm trying to get active, more active on um, LinkedIn, but I'm definitely most active on Instagram. So feel free to follow me at Hannah Valenti. Amazing. Well, Hannah, thank you again so much. I appreciate the shout out and it's been great talking with you. I learned a lot and I hope you enjoyed coming on and yeah, we, we really can't wait to see what you do next. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.